Entire African bishops' conferences resist Pope Francis in what may be the most significant resistance movement in the history of the papacy. What's it all about? The EU-ACP Treaty, whereby African nations will be handed over to the globalist gods of wokeism. And where is Team Francis? Meanwhile, Donald Trump warns of imminent government persecution of Catholics in America. And where is Team Francis? Tonight, stand with Africa or fall with Francis. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Matt. This is the Remnant Underground, wishing you all a happy and holy new year. Something tells me this one's going to be a doozy. But, you know, actually... What do you think, Walt? I'm kind of looking forward to it, aren't you? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. We have, we have, watch. yeah, we got blessed clarity for the first time. I guess everybody's a rad trad now, all over the world. Francis is fully out of the closet. For those of you who are a little late uh, realizing what was going on, now you know. And, and to all these bishops, this is the the thing. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight, including a huge connection to a United Nations EU treaty, which is what this is all about. But I really want to start the show off by expressing not only my gratitude, but encouraging us to be grateful this Christmas, moving into the new year, for all of these courageous, good Catholic bishops. We told you they were coming. Francis could only push this so far. And we are seeing bishops waking up all over the world. And out there saying he's not the Pope, they're not doing that. These are half these bishops were appointed by Francis. But they're so sick and tired of this that they're standing up and resisting him to his face this Christmas. Thank God for that, and thank you, eminences, excellencies, if you happen to be watching our show, thank you. And well, quite frankly, welcome to the party. It's been a long time coming, but thank you for what you're doing. We stand with you. And of course, I'm referring now to <laughs> literally hundreds of bishops worldwide who are resisting fiducia supplicans. This is that fun little Vatican Christmas document that everybody's talking about, calling for the Catholic Church to bless folks in how else to say this? Sodomitical relations. Yeah, yeah it's really, what it is. really nice. It's just such a lovely little Christmassy message, isn't it, for the kiddies this time of year? And it makes me wonder, in all seriousness, does Francis ever think about the children? I'm talking just regular children, millions and millions of kids that are watching what's happening in the world. I mean, he says he does. And he kisses up to this, this, this woke gay group or that woke transsexual group or whatever. He says he cares about kids if they're in Ukraine because he's going after the, the Russian protection of its borders. Uh, but as you think about the kids in their broken homes all over the world, their shattered churches, drug-infested cities, <laughs> he's the Pope. Is he thinking about them, what they're going through? Again, he'll mention children now and then, Ukrainian kids, for example, when he's going after the Russian deal. Oh, he really, really cares about the adopted children of, of gay couples, of course. We, we talked about that last time. In this letter, I was telling that we were same-sex couple with three kids and that we were on the point of introducing our kids to the parish. And then three days after, I got a phone call from an anonymous number, someone saying, Mr. Rubera, Yes, it's me. This is Pope Francis. I called you twice, but you were not answering. I read your letter. It's a beautiful letter. I got your point. And he told me, please, bring your children to the parish. 
Oh, isn't, isn't that sweet? But what about the kids from just normal Catholic homes all over anywhere USA, Main Street USA? Because most of those kids now, they're going to leave the Catholic Church by the time they're 16, 17 years old, right? That's what the, the statistics show. Does he, does he care at all? Does Francis the Merciful care about them as much as, say, he cares about the adopted kids of his LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ friends? Does he care about them as much? Tell me, Francis, now that you've called for the blessings of those living in gay unions, just answer me one question as a father of seven children who has to homeschool his kids, by the way, because the Catholic schools are ridiculous. Answer one question for me. What are our kids supposed to do with this? The ink on fiducia supplicans wasn't even dry when this Catholic priest was posing for pictures. <laughs> now, posing for pictures of himself blessing a pair of hand-holding guys in an obvious gay union. Holiness. And if that wasn't enough, your guy, Father Jimmy Martin, goes on TV and confirms what this is all about. It is a dramatic shift. It's the first time that priests have been able to bless same-sex couples. But I think the idea in the, on the preconditions uh, is that we don't want to confuse it with sacramental marriage, which is still reserved for a man and a woman. Now, did you, did you catch that, you, uh, you Pope-splainers out there, you guys? Did you get that? Jimmy's, Jimmy's telling the truth. Jimmy's always, you can always count on Jimmy to come out and get so excited that he gives it all away. Now, he said same-sex, blessing same-sex couples. Didn't he? It's the first time that priests have been able to bless same-sex couples. So now that's a, yeah, that's a Jesuit. Uh, that's a guy that was personally appointed by Francis to a position in the Vatican. That was a mover and shaker at the Synod on Synodality, Father Martin. So this is kind of confusing, right? I mean, everybody would, would, would admit this is kind of confusing to have a priest on TV talking like this, especially for the kids, right? Uh, with people engaging in what the whole world considered mortally sinful behavior just a few years ago. So is Francis worried about how they're absorbing all this, how kids are dealing with this, the psychological impact of this change? Is he worried about that at all? I, I, I don't believe he is because for him to worry about the children and how they're being impacted by it, this would be motivated by genuine pastoral concern. Francis is no pastor. We all know that, right? We can admit that now. He's at war with everybody who's faithful. He's at war with the rigid. He's at war with everybody that disagrees with him. He's an angry old man, right? And this has nothing to do with pastoral sensitivity, this blessing of, of you, you know that, right? It has absolutely nothing to do with pastoral sensitivity. It has nothing to do with mercy. Francis's mercy wagon has nothing to do with the God of surprises. Friends, this blessing, same-sex union, couples, whatever you want to call it, this is 100% political. Okay, 100, I'm going to prove that tonight. This is, this is the Great Reset. This is diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is Agenda 2030. This is the Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations. And you know what? Fiducia Supplicans, you know what it's doing right now? You're not going to hear about this because there's a media blackout on this. What it's doing is that Vatican is, is not so subtly helping to eliminate Christian opposition to the UN-backed EU ACP treaty. Have you heard of it? I didn't think so. Because they're ramrodding this thing in while you're looking over at Israel and worried about October 7th. <laughs> so listen up. Because this is what really is going on here. This is what this is all about. 
Again, it's called the EU-ACP Treaty, and if it passes in the next few weeks, it will force 79 developing countries to adopt universal reproductive rights, abortion on demand, mandatory LGBT rights and sex ed for kids across the board throughout 79 countries. And for the moment, the only thing standing in the way of this passing, this treaty passing or being signed in, is the opposition coming from Catholic bishops in Catholic countries, in those 79 countries. So, you want to know why the African Catholic Bishops Conferences now are standing up en masse? One of the first to stand against fiducia supplicants? It's because Africa, friends, as you know, Africa has been at war with the globalists over this particular issue for a long time, for years, for decades, you know? And this new Vatican Declaration will go a long, long way in helping the global elites browbeat Africa into abandoning Christian moral teachings on what? On family, life, and human sexuality. That's what's really going on here. Now, there's a media blackout, as I say, so write this down, EU-ACP Treaty, Google it, whatever, find out what it is. The A stands for the 47 African countries, the C stands for 16 Caribbean countries, and the P for 15 Pacific countries, most of whom have strong, strong Catholic presence. Okay? This treaty, of course, will obliterate religious freedom for those Catholics as it criminalizes Catholic moral theology. Here's more on that. What is the EU-ACP treaty? So for decades, there's been a treaty, essentially an economic treaty, between the European Union and the OACPS, which is the Organization of Africa, Caribbean, and Pacific. Up until now, it has been primarily um, an economic treaty. So it was up in 2020 mm -hmm. and thus started the uh, negotiation. What they have come out with, this um, ACP-EU agreement, is unlike anything they've ever agreed to and unlike actually any other global treaty we've got out there wow. because it's crossing out of, you sure, there's economic elements to it, but now it's crossing into the cultures of each one of these of these countries and um, forcing the European Union's belief system and their own Western culture onto these um, African, Caribbean, and Pacific nations that don't share the same beliefs. It sounds like the ideological colonization that we've talked about a lot on here where you have these Western nations being like, oh, we believe that these particular things are right, so we're going to force all these other countries to agree to that, like abortion, contraception, homosexuality, that they're going to force these countries to have to legalize them. Absolutely. And the last time I was on, we talked about Malawi and how Malawi, they've tried and tried to get the parliament to agree to being pro-abortion and pro-gay. And every year, they the people don't want it, so the parliamentarians vote it down. Now, did you catch that? Did you notice what one of the countries was that Michelle Francis just singled out? Let's check that out again, Walter. This agreement will include Malawi and is an across-the-board pro-abortion, pro-gay, um, implementing um, comprehensive, comprehensive, sex <laughs> comprehensive sex education. Aha, uh -huh. Malawi, the country where this guy is bishop. This declaration, Fiducia Supplicus, was released 
on 18 December 2023 and signed by the Holy Father. Nevertheless, on the basis of the reports I've received, the reactions I've received from you, the faithful of this diocese, I would like to honestly reflect on this declaration, even if by doing so, I'm reflecting publicly on a document signed by the Holy Father. But I have to. First and foremost, I would like to most sincerely apologize to all the many Catholics, baptized, catechumens, adults, youths, children, and all people of goodwill in our Diocese of Karonga who look up to the Catholic Church in general and the Holy Father in particular for moral and spiritual guidance. From the reports I have received, it, it is very clear that very many faithful in our diocese and beyond have not only been offended by the said declaration, but very much scandalized to see the signature of the Holy Father appended to such a document. God bless you, Your Excellency. The friends, you see what's, you see what's going on here? I don't know why more people aren't talking about this. You, 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 I have no idea. I mean, this is it. This is what's happening. This is what it's all about. Uh, this has to do with, you know, what we've been following and tracking down here for a long time, too, what the WHO has been up to, what the Gates Foundation has been up to. These, these people have been trying to force, let's just be honest, friends, these people are racist, these globalist elites. Their elitism is going to their heads. It's been going to their heads for a long time. They're trying to force black Africans to embrace the new white and woke morality of the EU. And they've been doing this for years. They gotta control the, the, the climate. We gotta get these African family sizes reduced. They wanna put an end, in fact, to the large African family culture. Because, you know, they gotta, they gotta save the planet. You know how it is. <laughs> and in, on the heels of that, these little countries were able to look to the Catholic Church as sort of a, a defense, a shield, against what Gates and the WHO and these folks were doing, these Davos lunatics were doing to their countries, right? And now in comes Team Francis at Christmas time to put the world on notice that the Catholic Church is changing her attitude. She's finally waking up, man. She's getting over herself. So there will be no more recourse in these countries, these 79 countries, no more recourse to religious exemptions when it comes to forcing massive, spiritual and moral and cultural change. I always think it's interesting. Archbishop Lefebvre was so successful in Africa and the faith is, the faith is, liturgically, we may not agree on everything, but the faith is incredibly strong in Africa. And John Paul, Pope John Paul suggested that the time was coming where Africa may save the church. We may be actually looking at that right now, you know, because the Africans are having absolutely no part of any of this. We, the bishops, especially in this part of the church, are very quick and strong to criticize elected or appointed leaders when they say or do stupid things. We are morally obliged 
responding with the same force and even greater force when such stupid ideas are being championed within our ranks. And worse, they are not just stupid ideas, but they are heresies. But we in this part of the church would have nothing to do with this madness of suggesting that conversion can be promoted by promoting homosexuality and similar tendencies. We will not accept that our youth be misled by pastors who are tired of their faith. We will not follow. Do you realize what you're looking at here, friends? Of course you do. You're looking at bishops, many bishops, openly resisting Francis to his face, recognizing him and then resisting him to his face. And man, they have got the Vatican on the ropes right now. And there's no way they can try to walk this thing back a little bit and say, well, you know, certain bishops can make decisions. It doesn't matter. This is just like synodality. It's the conversation that matters. What matters here is that the Pope has signed this document. Its enforcement will be left up to somebody else later down the road. What matters is the change in attitude against uh, these sins that cry to heaven for vengeance on the part of the highest authority in the church. Okay, And entire conferences of bishops now know what's going on and they are speaking out, thanks be to God. And their union cannot be blessed because according to Catholic doctrine, it that is union, it is, is we used dis to, it's not, enough, it's not only disordered or irregular, let's call it spade a spade. It is, it is sinful. sinful. You can't bless sin. Yes. We cannot bless sin. We can bless sinners. But not sin. We cannot bless the sin. So, for a couple, for a man and a man to hold themselves to come and say, bless us as we are holding our hand, Father. That is sin. One thing missing, one thing missing in the... In the, in the is that there is the, no call for repentance. Exactly. Yeah, that is missing. Very, that one is missing in the document. Now, what you are saying, your eminence, came out in the reaction of bishops' conferences from across the world. Yes. Cameroon, Malawi, Zambia... Nigeria, Burkina Faso, Niger, Kenya, uh, uh, South Africa, Eswatini, Ghana, Zimbabwe, Uganda, and the president of SECAM. Yeah, okay. So he's pretty upset. Do you blame him? <laughs> you know what's going on, right? These global elites are a pack of rabid racists. They're always accusing everybody else of racism, right? Because they're projecting their own racism. They are so superior. They call themselves elites. <laughs> you get it? And they now know, these globalists, they know what's best for the Africans, <laughs> the benighted little Africans. Is that's the only takeaway from this. If the Africans now in the future, if they want to trade, if they want economic security and prosperity, if they want clean water, they're going to have to comply with this white wokeism that you, uh, of, of the European Union. It's like Roe v. Wade uh, among 79 countries in one fell swoop, except for worse than Roe v. Wade because it also has a comprehensive sex education. It also includes the transgenderism and all of the... Um, sexual orientation issues so it's it's devastating yeah <laughs> thus the visceral reaction 
out of Africa. We published a message a couple of days ago about homosexuality and the blessing of homosexual couples. And our message for this Christmas is that we should respect God's creation as he did it and the natural law of a man and a woman bonding together for the procreation of children. And this is our wish for everybody that will follow this law of God. And as we concluded in our letter, it is forbidden for any priest to bless two men or two women who call themselves a couple. <laughs> Again, God bless you, Excellency. And let me just make it official and public as I possibly can. Here at Remnant TV, we proudly stand with our African brothers, with our African fathers, the bishops and cardinals in Africa, who at this moment, friends, at this moment, they are pretty much all that stands between us and this diabolical great reset thing. Do you understand that? Those guys are out there on the front line right now, right? And let's not forget this, because we've been talking about this. What's going to happen at the next conclave when they select a new pope? Will there, will there be any appetite to continue this Francis nightmare? Well, guess what? The African cardinals are ticked off. And the African cardinals are going to vote as a block in the next conclave. They have 18 electors in the College of Cardinals and many allies, and they will not be voting for Francis II. <laughs> and the really great thing, they're not alone. So right after, after the document was released, a, a backlash of responses uh, started flowing in from uh, individual bishops as well as entire bishops' conferences around the world. So, for instance, you had... Uh, certainly from Africa, you had the Bishops' Conference of Zambia, Malawi, Nigeria, um, Togo, uh, Cameroon was particularly strong. You had the Archbishop of Astana, he's the Archbishop of Astana, Kazakhstan, um, Bishop Athanasius Schneider, who some of the viewers will know, is his auxiliary bishop. They responded straight away. Poland followed. You had the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, um, respond on behalf of the entire Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, uh, as well as a whole host. The Most notably yesterday, uh, the Hungarian Bishops' Conference responded, uh, and you had people like Archbishop Chaput, who I think uh, during the, this pontificate has remained relatively quiet uh, and uncritical. Um, he responded of his own accord, um, as did many other bishops as well as um, confraternities, whether it's the British confraternity, the US confraternity, or others of pre, um, confraternities of priests saying that uh, this would cause too much scandal among the faithful. And so they don't really see a way to implement this document. And so they won't be. I started this off by talking about the fact that this is not pastoral, this is political. Well, it is. What the Vatican is doing right now is setting up to have massive political ramifications all over the world. Again, especially in these 79 countries involved with this new EU treaty. But it's not just the bishops who recognize this. Over at RemnantNewspaper.com, uh, the Catholic Lawyer Corporation of the Argentine Republic, this is Francis's home country, wink, wink, nod, nod, because the Argentinians have had enough of this guy. They are now petitioning Francis to abrogate fiducia supplicants because, according to their press release, 
This document, this declaration, severely undermines the moral authority of Catholic educational and health institutions already under massive attack for defending life and traditional family as it is. Now here comes the Vatican. Oh, we're kind of done with all that morality stuff. What's going to happen to Catholic hospitals, pro-life clinics? What's going to happen now? They can't, they have no recourse to the Vatican because the Vatican is clearly changing its position on the moral family issues. So these Argentinian lawyers are accusing the Vatican of undermining the right of parents to educate their children according to their moral and religious convictions. Of course, that's happening already. And because fiducia supplicans suggest a change in public attitude at the very highest levels of church governance, it's obviously going to remove grounds for conscientious objections to tyrannical, secularist, globalist government regimes. You know this is going to happen. Those people are still out there doubting this and trying to pope explain what's happening. Shame on you, quite frankly. Just because you can't handle the, tr the, the truth, you're setting up all these countries to go through hell on earth with no moral defense from the Catholic Church. The further this goes down the road now, right? That's what's happening. And remember, it's not like this is something new. <laughs> this Vatican, which has been thoroughly infiltrated, the Vatican did the same thing during COVID. Do you remember? Francis Heck personally removed the grounds for religious exemption for the entire Catholic world from, from the vaccine mandates when he said that Catholics are morally obliged and the church is teaching on charity. Before God, they're morally obliged to get jabbed. Do you remember that? So then you go to your employer and you say, I'd rather not get the vaccine, sir, because I'm a Catholic and I'm I'm conscientiously objecting uh, to that. I can't do it in good conscience. And what does he say? Hey, buddy, go read your own pope. Those are antiquated notions. Francis doesn't agree with you. Get back in line. Get your jab. You see? You see how it works? Do you see how sinister this is? But, 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 there is a silver lining here, friends. We, we knew this was coming. So how many times have we talked about this? We're not, we can't save the church. We just do our part to keep the faith. God ultimately will save his church. He's going to do it through his hierarchy, not through some grassroots little movement where I start my own church. You know what I mean? He's doing it. We're looking, we're watching it. And Francis now, I mean, this guy is a lame duck pope right now. This is schism he's setting up, Right? He is the great divider, and he's causing a worldwide civil war, with bishops coming to realize more and more now that they simply have to disobey him. And I, it's not just fiducia supplicans, I don't think. It's going to include, it already is including, Traditionis Custodis as well, the Pope's attack on the Latin Mass. Because everybody's looking at the same thing, like, oh my gosh, this Pope who wants to, you know, like, bless the sodomitical uh, couples, you know. He also wants to cancel the Latin Mass, and people are saying, wow, what's next? You know, he's going to bless you know, murderers? What's, he, what's next with this guy? Why is he always siding with the globalist, atheist, secularists against faithful Catholics? Millions and millions of people are asking this question right now, thanks to this bumbling globalist pontiff who's really got to hang it up. <laughs> You know, this, but this whole thing is not just a problem in Africa, even though the Africans are objecting the, the, the most, the loudest right now, thanks be to God. But it's not just a problem for Africa. It's a problem for everybody. It's a problem for all of us. It's a problem for those of us who are living in the good old U.S. of A., where right now, 
politicians are out there stumping, actively campaigning against the rising threat of persecution, not just general persecution of Christians, but persecutions of Catholics. Christians and Americans of faith are being persecuted like nothing this nation has ever seen before. Catholics in particular are being targeted and evangelicals are surely on the watch list as well. The FBI has been caught profiling devout Catholics as possible domestic terrorists and planning to send undercover spies into Catholic churches, just like in the old days of the Soviet Union. Now, please don't come in and make this all about Trump. I mean, whatever you think about Donald Trump, you gotta admit he's right, right? Do you think he's wrong? This is absolutely, he's absolutely telling the truth. There's one thing this guy does well is you figure out which way the wind is blowing. Right now, the wind is blowing against faithful Catholicism. The president, the FBI, everybody knows it. Donald Trump is absolutely right about this. This is really disturbing. It was just days ago that a House Weaponization Committee revealed in a new report that the FBI interviewed a Catholic priest and a Catholic church choir director as part of its investigation into traditional Catholics possibly being domestic terrorists. Yeah, yeah. And where's Francis? Well, guess what? The Holy Father agrees with the FBI. He's trying to indict traditional Catholics as well. Why? Because like faithful African Catholics, American faithful Catholics, traditionalists, well, they're not cooperating with Agenda 2030, and it's getting a little embarrassing for this guy, for this globalist pope who promised his buddies, the lunatics of Davos, that he would hand us all over to them, and he failed. <laughs> Something's got to be done about all of us now. Well, you say, well, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not a Latin mass Catholic. It doesn't affect me. It's not, not going to impact me at all. Yeah, Mark Huck is not a Latin Mass Catholic either. Let's take a look at the hardened criminals that your Justice Department sent these armed agents to go terrorize on that morning. Here they are. Here they are at Mass. Here's the seven children with Mr. Hauck and his wife. In this early morning, they were all at home. Mrs. Hauck has said repeatedly the children were screaming. They feared for their lives. What's the takeaway, friends? Whether you go to the Latin Mass or not, if you're a faithful Catholic, watch your back. Even the Pope thinks that you're a rigid extremist and thus a threat to the common good. So what's gonna happen to you in the future if someone decides that you too are a radical traditional Catholic? <laughs> because a lot of smart people are starting to wonder if that's not coming. For example, just before Christmas here in St. Paul, the rector of the St. Paul Cathedral, the big powerful cathedral on the hill built by John Ireland and dominates our town, right? Big deal, big deal church. The rector, Father John Eubel, published a warning about the threat posed by the ongoing FBI witch hunt. Keep in mind, he doesn't have the Latin mass at the cathedral, but he's very concerned about what's happening to the Catholic Church <laughs> under the government of the United States of America right now. And he's not a Latin mass traditionalist. He's just a shepherd, a good shepherd, looking out for his flock against what he calls now an obvious overreach of federal law enforcement. He writes that the FBI has succumbed to, quote, ideologically driven data to characterize what it dubbed radical traditional Catholicism as being dangerous to our nation, end quote. 
director of the St. Paul Cathedral points out that this is based on the discredited Southern Poverty Law Center's fake news, which he says is, quote, grave concern to me and I hope to all Catholics in an era of challenges to religious freedom. So Father John Eubel, again, rector of the St. Paul Cathedral, describes this as bone-shilling and rightly notes that, quote, when the FBI surveilled mosques in the aftermath of 9-11, the ACLU was all over the case. But here, I haven't heard a peep from any civil rights organization, end quote. Exactly right. What that means, friends, is that it's open season on Catholics. They are setting up for persecution of Catholics worthy of the old Soviet Union. The FBI has been caught profiling devout Catholics as possible domestic terrorists and planning to send undercover spies into Catholic churches, just like in the old days of the Soviet Union. And what's Francis doing about this? <laughs> He's encouraging it. First, by ordering the cancellation of the same traditionalist priests and the Latin masses that the FBI is out there targeting, right? That's the first thing he does. Secondly, by signing this declaration that will eventually obviously subject all Catholics to hate crime charges for supporting the church's moral teaching on human sexuality. That is coming. You know this is coming. <laughs> I know it. And now, so do 236 million African Catholics. We're all traditional Catholics now. You see how it works? Bottom line, friends, whether you like it or not, the Vatican presents a clear and present danger to faithful Catholics all over the world. That's what's going on. And there are a couple of solutions, and we're going to talk about what those might be, you know. But we do have a, a, an obligation, first of all, to acknowledge what's happening and to understand that we can, even in the, the, the human temporal realm, we can do something about this. We can band together. We can resist it and then <laughs> beg God to intervene on behalf of his church. So the first thing that I would say that we would do in this new year, 2024, is act exactly that. Thank God that so many thousands of priests and bishops are finally recognizing the need to resist Francis to his face. This is, this is a grace from heaven. Thank God for it. And secondly, pray. Obviously, pray like there's no tomorrow because these lunatic globalists are angry and they're wounded. If you're a hunter, you know that if you wound a bear, that's when they're most dangerous. Right now, the Vatican is wounded. Look out. Right now, Davos is wounded. Look out. And they have power to do incalculable harm still. <laughs> Just look what they did with their little, with their little COVID experiment. And finally, we need, this is on us, this is on us. I'm still an optimist. I still believe this can be done. Uh, you got to expand the tent. You, you simply have to expand the tent. I know I use the expression unite the clans all the time. Some of you, you seem to get a little upset by that. But maybe that's because you've just never actually lived through it. You know, we're, we're setting up to go back to France in a few months. And every year for 30 years, I've been walking with the clans of tradition from all over the world. Yeah, you can see some of that up on the screen. I already know it's working. I've lived it. I've seen it. I've watched with it. I've prayed with these guys. I've suffered with these guys. Catholic clans from all over the world. It's working. So we need to keep pushing that. That's sort of the, the human consolation. Push that. Stay together. Don't let anything blow you apart. So the internecine squabbling among those clans, it's got to stop. I mean, like yesterday, it has to stop, friends.
The Vatican now. See, the Vatican's interesting. I've spent a lot of time over in the Vatican, working in the Vatican press office, for example. They look to America, they're threatened by it. They never miss, they, 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 they never overlook or underestimate what Americans seem to be able to do. They almost give it a, they almost exaggerate our influence. So we gotta capitalize on that, right? The American Catholics, we're together. There's, there's more of us than any other country in the world, especially traditional Catholics. It's a rich country, even still. We do have some influence. The Vatican has got to see a united American Catholic front of opposition. That is absolutely vital. And then that front, that American front, that American clan unites with the other clans in Africa, in Europe, all over the world. You see? This has to happen, friends. It has to happen right now. And we as traditional Catholics, we've been at this for 50 years. We know how to do it. People are all freaking out over Francis. I kept keep writing about this over Christmas at rentanewspaper.com. My, my, my father's generation, they, they lived through an actual invasion of their churches that came within a few, a few weeks, right? Everything was normal one Sunday. A couple Sundays later, bulldozers came in, smashed the altar, tore out the communion rail, got rid of the high altar, put in a table, right? Put pantsuits on the nuns, drove half the priests off into the arms of their loving wives, just blew everything apart. And they looked to Rome, and there's Paul VI take, uncrowning himself, going to the United Nations and saying, the only hope for the world is the uh, brotherhood of man. Can you imagine living through that? That was going on back in the 70s. We gotta go back and look at what that was like. Imagine what that was like. We can handle what is happening today. It's part of this continuum. It's part of what Paul VI called the auto-demolition of the church. And we need to find where our friends are. And we have many more friends than we think. If you can say the creed with me and mean it, well, we're well on our way. You're certainly not my enemy, you see? And, and, and if, you, if you disagree with me on who or what Pope Francis is, <laughs> at this point, I don't care. But I'm not your enemy. So don't waste time going after me because I don't categorize Francis exactly as you do, or I don't call him Mr. Bergoglio, or I don't call him Frank Poopy, whatever you want to call him. You see what I mean? That's just a waste of time. Let's just move on from that. We've all got to at least try to stop this guy dressed in white over in Rome from destroying the church. Just do whatever we possibly can. I know it's not much, but do whatever we possibly can. Let's say Robert Bellarmine. He reminds us that the safety and well-being of the church does not rest principally upon human industry, on us, but on divine protection. We know this. And this is because God is king of his church. So how about this? Let's just kick off this new year by agreeing to, together and united, beg God to either convert Francis or abolish him before he destroys the church. Whatever he is, whatever you call him. And encourage all of us, your, your friends, your parents, your grandparents, especially your children, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. The winds of change are coming in now. God is intervening. Don't, don't back down. Don't get discouraged. We're living right now through a most welcome turning point in the history of this revolution. And guess what? Francis is losing. I close on this. Gustav Mahler said famously, tradition is not the worship of ashes, but the preservation of fire. And right now, friends, the pontificate of Francis is turning to ash, while traditionalists are on fire all over the world.